I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today I'm going to tell Samantha about the disappearance of Jamie Fraley. But before we get into that, Sam, do you have a drink for us? I do. It is called The Missing Link. And the recipe is one part Jamaican rum, but you can substitute it with a dark rum. And two-thirds part triple sec, two-thirds part lemon juice, shake, and pour. So, funny anecdote (laughs) about the missing link. Before the plug. Uh, No, this is another plug. Another plug. (laughs) There's two plugs. (laughs) Uh, First one is that I waited until now to tell you this, but... The husband and the dogs and I are going to the Bigfoot Festival next weekend in Marion County. Of course you are. (laughs) Plenty of t-shirts to wear. Do have t-shirts to wear. (laughs) Uh, I'm a huge Bigfoot fan for anyone who, for the maybe two people who are going to be listening to this. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a Bigfoot festival in Marion County, North Carolina, and I am so excited to go. We're going to drink Bigfoot beer. We're going to drink or eat Bigfoot food and we're going (laughs) to look for Bigfoot. And if I find him, Bigfoot, if you're listening to this right now, if I find him, he's one of the, he's one of the two, he's one of the two. I won't tell anyone because I know you don't want anyone to know. So I'm just letting you know right now, Bigfoot. That's bold. bold. You're not going to be able to keep that to yourself. I keep a secret, Bigfoot. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, other anecdote is that uh, for the drink today, I actually substituted my Jamaican rum for a uh, local rum from a distillery called uh, Muddy River. And Muddy River is a local rum distillery in Gaston County, which is where our case is based out of today. And they are the oldest rum distillery in North Carolina. And they're about 10 years old. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if that tells you anything about North Carolina (laughs) in and of itself. But it's super tasty. I did disappoint samantha by putting a little bit of sprite on top of mine because i like it to be bubbly um i'm a child lame (laughs) i know anyways sam and i'm gonna call her sam from now on because i have called her sam for years you're i mean if you say samantha i'm assuming i'm in trouble so yeah typically i only call her samantha when i'm upset or excited or I can be upset and excited. Typically, they go hand in hand. True. So, pretty dramatic here. Sam, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Samantha, or you can call me Sam. I live in the Birmingham area, which is actually where Montana and I met. I was her manager at a bank that we will not mention the name because we'd rather not. And no. uh, <laughs> over a decade ago, which is really hard to believe. Um, And I live here with my husband. Well, we have four step. I have four step kids, Um, four cats, three dogs, 
we have a bearded dragon here and a partridge in the pear tree. So she essentially has a farm. Basically. And yeah. recently. I did have chickens. You. But that's an unfortunate demise. They did. And recently staying at her house, I realized how much of a farm she had. Stay there alone. <laughs> and I took care of all of them. It was. Coming from a part-time job. It was a part-time job. Coming from <laughs> someone who likes to sleep a lot and not do a lot, but also do a lot that doesn't do much of anything. <laughs> Taking care of a ton of animals was chaos. Oh, I misspoke. It's five cats. I have too many cats. You do. I can't well, even some, keep track. Sometimes you have more than five cats. Just That's true. Sometimes, sometimes it's seven. Sometimes it is seven. <laughs> we're, we're a part-time boarder. Part-time boarder. Part-time cat sitter anyway yeah that works all right montana it's your turn so i'm montana i live in as you might have guessed gaston county i'm not going to tell you exactly where at uh north carolina i moved here with my now husband uh it's what we've lived here with seven years now at least at least it's been a long time i have two dogs one is a 14-year-old mutt who has had two strokes, can't hear, but she's happy to be here. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is uh, an anxiety-riddled mess. So <laughs> leave him at that. This dog is on Prozac. <laughs> there are no boring moments in the house. There's no boring moments. I know I, I know this from experience. Um, and I'm a data scientist. Will not tell you where. Uh, not that it matters. It's quite an exciting job. But anyway. So are you ready to hear about Jamie Fraley and her disappearance, Samantha? I suppose. Does it really matter? Yeah, you have no other option. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna tell you anyways I'm ready. I have my drink so I'm good alright uh, get my notes up here your book my book she's referring to my neurotic tendency to have a notebook for every little project that I do so I have a million notebooks and a pen to go along with it get used to it <laughs> it's fine <laughs> there are worse things than being extremely thorough you're right so before i get started uh i just want to give you the resources that i got these from uh or my notes from and that's uh an episode of disappeared on the investigation discovery channel the episode is called innocence lost i also got information from wikipedia and the gaston gazette Hi. Hello, Gaston Gazette. I see you. Don't necessarily agree with you, but I see you. Uh, anyway. We won't go into that. So, first, I want to start out by giving you some background on Jamie herself. Uh, Jamie was born on March 5th, 1986. So, she's a millennial. One of mm -hmm. us. At the time of her disappearance, she was 22 years old, and she stood at 4 feet 9 inches tall. Whoa, shorter than <laughs> you. Shorter than me. I know, I was so excited about that. I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. That's insane. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm tiny. Uh, she was not just short, she was like petite, like 
this woman was teeny tiny. Um, she suffered from long-term like health issues. I couldn't have, I couldn't find exactly like what those health issues were, you know, HIPAA and all that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but according to investigation discovery episode, dis- the disappearance episode on her, I watched, she was clinically dead when she was born. When she survived, the doctor said she wouldn't live past a year. Then when she lived past a year, they said she wouldn't live past two years and so on and so forth. As she grew up, Jamie struggled to gain weight. And at 18, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm. Yeah. According to her mother, and this is a quote, she really didn't take it seriously. She wasn't taking her medicine. She took it at first. She told me it made her feel funny. She wasn't taking it anymore. Which sounds, I've heard that before. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Uh, Been there. I mean, myself, I've been there um, with my own mental health and not wanting to take medicine. So I can't. Can't really say anything about that. Luckily, we're we're making some progress. Hopefully, yeah, uh, yeah. As a as a nation, we're looking at mental health as a little more healthy. I feel like yeah. I feel like in the past few years, we as a nation, glo- and even globally, like people are taking mental health a little bit more seriously. But now, if if you're talking about the early two thousands, people were like, eh. You know, because I remember you're being dramatic, you're being dramatic, (laughs) whatever, Uh, because I remember early 2000s when I was diagnosed with like anxiety and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's not a thing. (laughs) Then you end up my favorite favorite is going to my therapist three years ago and going, you know, I think I have generalized anxiety. She's like, oh, I thought you knew. I thought it was a revelation. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same. <laughs> same. But anyway. So that's I digress. all of that to say. If you, if you have mental health issues, seek help. Therapists are great. And there's nothing wrong with it. I have a great therapist. If you don't have a great therapist, tell them you want a different one. They don't get mad. Yep. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So due to the health. Eth- blah, 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 blah. I think I'm going to cut that. <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> due, due to Jamie's health issues, it made it hard for her to get a driver's license. So she ended up living at home with her mother and depending on her to take her places. So, like, Jamie couldn't drive. Her mom drove her everywhere. All of this stuff. A quote from her mother said, Jamie depends on me for everything because had she had had so many issues. However, once she was older, she wanted more out of her life, and she pursued it. She got her own apartment and signed up for programs that would help her get places. They had a provider that would come and take her places. So like a, not like a caregiver, but like a government like provider that came and picked her up, took her to doctor's appointments, 
transportation. Yeah, service. a transportation service. She was on like social social security, <laughs> government assistance, and things like that. Um, she was doing really well for herself, considering the limitations with her health issues. With that said, she never finished high school. Can relate, by the way. Uh, so she ended up enrolling in Gaston County College to study for her GED. Um, just to talk a little bit about that, I actually dropped out of high school and ended up getting my GED and went on to be decently successful. Decently. Okay. I would say decently. I mean, I'm not living in a mansion. I'm living in a ranch style home. <laughs> Somewhere in Gaston County, you'll know. Amazing, <laughs> two amazing dogs that cost a lot of money with all. God, so much money <laughs> for my disabled dog. People, people who say that kids are more expensive than animals, they're lying. I don't know. I feel like it depends on a lot of different things. It does. Has your dog had a stroke? Okay, has yeah, it had no? But has. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Uh, all right so back to jamie jamie even discovered what she wanted to do for a living while attending church on on one friday on friday this church held meetings for recovering addicts and this was what jamie wanted to do with her life it seemed to hit close to home because jamie had a friend who got into drugs and wanted to help that friend out it's tough um I'm going to say, um, so many times. I don't know how many times I can cut that out. Um, 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 um. Can I get my own sound <laughs> You can try. <laughs> you get more comfortable with it. It probably won't be so bad. Probably. Um. <laughs> so. So. One day, Jamie was in an altercation with somebody. Um. Um. <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to stop saying this. <laughs> Why is this a thing? I was like, before we started recording, I was like, don't say, um, <laughs> don't say, um, don't say like. I had to literally go through my notes and pull out all the likes where I typed up and like, and I was like, don't, why are you, why are you even typing like? It, this like, is not, this, prof- this, this is, is not professional. Look. You're not a writer. You've never been a writer. <laughs> Stop pretending to me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. One day, Jamie was in an altercation with somebody outside of her apartment. And a man by the name Ricky Simons. Simmons. Simmons. Not Simons. Junior. Stepped in and quote unquote saved her. Ricky Simmons Jr. is the son of the apartment maintenance manager where Jamie lived. And shortly after the encounter, they began to date. Not just date, but quickly became engaged. And I say, I say engaged because I didn't see anything where it was like they were officially engaged. It was just like they kept referring to it as or him as her fiance and things like that. Um, but also, she even had her name as Mistress Simmons on her MySpace page. 
Oh, MySpace. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, MySpace? MySpace. <laughs> Look, I oh, still... Oh, the days. I still have my MySpace page, and I log in, like, once a year. If you go and find my MySpace page, good luck to anybody who tries. If you go and find... Because it's it doesn't even have my name. It has, like, a dude's name on it. If you find my MySpace page... <laughs> you really wanted that hidden. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I log in every year, and I literally put a post that says I'm bringing it back, and I, I never bring it back. I don't know why I want MySpace to be a thing, but I do. I feel like it was better than Facebook. Let's be honest. But yeah, I mean, Facebook. Yeah, I feel like it would be very obscure at this point. Like, let's all go back to MySpace and make it a thing. But you know, that's just my opinion. I have a lot of them. You're about to hear him. <laughs> anyway. Say it's not true. <laughs> Say it ain't so. It is. <laughs> it's so-so. <laughs> In January 2007, Ricky Jr. is convicted of felony larceny. This is her fiancé, boyfriend, whatever. Um, he has a lengthy record with previous larceny charges and this causes him to have a 15 month sentence which is you know it was quite long if you you know new love you don't want to be away for 15 months but they seemed committed maybe that's called a red flag it might you know what <laughs> it might be Perhaps. a red flag uh i don't know I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, she... Never mind. <laughs> it, it doesn't deteriorate, Jamie. It doesn't, it doesn't end <laughs> it doesn't, well, so... Well, we don't know, because she's... I mean, she's still missing. But that's, I'm being optimistic. Look. Okay. Anyways, here we go. Fair enough. It seems she's 100% committed to him. She wrote to him every single day. Every single day. Oh. Like, her cousin came to her apartment and was like, they were just, they were just pages of her just writing letters to him. So she wrote to him every day. I don't even text people every day. Well, don't I know it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and she spent most of her time after he was sentenced at uh, his father's apartment, Rick Sr. and his girlfriend, Kim Springer. Rick, Rick Sr. lived two doors down from her at the apartment complex, and he would help drive her places, and they ended up spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. That face. Stop giving me that face. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound good, but okay, keep going. I mean, we're, we're building up to something here. Uh, no, no true crime has ever gone. You know what? Uh, so the boyfriend did it and end of story. That's a wrap. Two minutes in, done. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I mean, anyway. no, no, it doesn't no. make the storylines if that's the case. <laughs> it doesn't. All right. So we're going to fast forward and we're going to fast forward a year and some change. Ricky Jr. is still in jail, prison, whatever. Jamie is still living her life. She's doing the thing. 
doing the damn thing. Ricky Sr. is still living there, over there, whatever. The morning of April 8th, 2008. This is a big day. Jamie wakes up with a stomach ache. A pretty bad one, from what I can tell. Her provider picks her up and takes her to the emergency room, where they diagnose her with the flu. However, she believes this is a misdiagnosis and is sent home with a prescription. Later that day, Kim Springer, which is the girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend of Ricky Sr., stops by to either drop off her dog or pick up the, her dog. I, I think it was to pick up the dog because Jamie dog sat for Kim. Um, and it would have been later in the day, but I had like, there were different, different like accounts, whether she was dropping the dog off. I would assume she's picking it up because she doesn't come back. Well, quote unquote, she doesn't come back. Um, Kim sees that Jamie isn't doing well and helps make her comfortable and offers to drop Jamie's prescription off to be filled. They say in the disappeared episode that the medicine was never picked up, which leaves me leads me to believe that Kim did drop it off, but I couldn't find for certain if she had or if she hadn't. But I mean, if they're saying it was it was never picked up, that leads me to believe that it was filled. So, I mean, they wouldn't know any different. Right. And I was splitting hairs, but anyway. Here's another little interesting tidbit of information. Uh, Kim and Rick Sr. had Reese had split up. At that point? Uh, they had been split up for a few months at this oh, point. Oh, okay. So, you know, just a little bit odd. So is that why she would be there? Because she's dog sitting for her? Is that like the only reason? Because, um, I mean, if they're split yeah. up, you're assuming they're not living together anymore, so... No, they weren't living together anymore. Kim had moved out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the only reason she was there was for the dog. I mean, they weren't friends or anything. I mean, uh, Jamie had spent a lot of time over there, so they were very familiar with each other. Okay. But I, I didn't see Kim, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, go on. I'm, I'm going on. Proceed. Uh, as I, I am proceeding. Um, it's never going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> Later on that evening, Jamie gets Rick Sr. to take Rick Sr., which is her soon-to-be father-in-law, to take her back to the hospital. But frustrated with a three-hour wait, she tries to contact him to pick her back up. So I guess he like dropped her off and said, here you go. Good luck. I don't know. Maybe they'll take you home. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, so she ends up having a friend pick her up and take her back home. This is weird though. Like, if you have somebody who's sick enough to go to the emergency room, like, don't you like stay with them? I don't know. That's my opinion. Typically, I, you know, whatever. Unless it's one of those movies where they just dump you out of the car as they're going by. Uh, 
I have a few people I could do that to. I would do that to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't su- know. <laughs> suppose a daughter, soon to be daughter in law, you wouldn't expect that. I, you know what? I wouldn't. I love my mother in law, but I, sometimes I think maybe she could kick me out of the car in the front of her. Because <laughs> 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 the driver is so crazy. <laughs> I won't go into any of the stories. I could take a while. <laughs> no. Well, no. God. Maybe later. I mean, Christmas is always a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did it again. It's never going to stop. Never going to give you up. Um, Don't start. <laughs> you got real cold. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so jamie gets sick on april 8th she goes to the emergency room twice she is picked back up by a friend the second time without being seen and is taken home april 10th jamie's mother receives a phone call wait yeah that's right i thought i'd jump forward april 10th Jamie's mother receives a call from her provider, Jamie's provider, telling her that she was unable to get in touch with Jamie. You could tell Jamie's mother was frustrated in the uh, disappeared episode that I watched because the provider waited a whole day to contact her. So Jamie was sick on April 8th, April 9th, Jamie actually had a an appointment to uh, to meet with the social security like office or whatever. What she was trying to do was become financially independent. Not like so. I think the way they they worked it was like they managed all of her finances, and she was trying to manage her own finances. Okay, so they had like a conservatorship over right. her finances, and she wanted to take over. Right, and that's what this appointment yeah. was. So she had contacted her mother the night before and told her, like, I'm not feeling good, blah, 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 all this other stuff. So her mom had actually said, hey, I can come and pick you up. Her mother lived an hour away. I can bring you back home, so hour there, hour back, and I can take care of you. And Jamie was like, she was adamant, like, no, don't come get me. Um, I have this appointment tomorrow. I have to make it, so on and so forth. So her mom was like, okay, you know, whatever. And so when she didn't hear from Jamie the next day, she just assumed that Jamie was feeling better and she had gone to her appointment. And then this provider, like, waited a whole day. Before checking. Yeah. What's going on. It was, yeah, it was bananas. Anyway. I mean, I would usually check, just in, in general, even for me when I have appointments. I'm, I'm going to at least call and leave a message and say, hey, you had an appointment. Yeah. Like, everything. And especially in that case, like, is everything okay? Well, I mean, yeah. And you you look at, like, Jamie. She's had these, like, lifelong, like, health issues. She has to have a provider to drive her somewhere. She has bipolar disorder. And everybody just, eh. She didn't answer her door. She, ans- she didn't answer her cell phone. We'll give her a day. She's probably fine. She just doesn't want to be bothered. What? (laughs) What? So, 
After this phone call, Jamie's mother contacts the police to do a welfare check. A patrol... A patrol... <laughs> unit was sent out to Jamie's apartment to check in. They didn't find anything that seemed out of order, out of the ordinary. They stated there was no sign of forced entry. There was no sign of a struggle leading them to believe that she left on her own accord. How many times in cases do we hear that? A lot. And I don't feel like it's any better now. No, I don't feel like it is. Um, so this didn't actually, this didn't sit right with Jamie's family. Um, so her mother, her aunt, and her cousin, Stacy Dennis is uh, Jamie's aunt. Kim Fraley is uh, Jamie's mom. There is also uh, Linda Rooks is a family friend. She will come up slightly in a little bit, but, you know, I just wanted to give their names uh, because names are important, people. Um, so it didn't sit right with Jamie's mother and cousin because these ladies end up going over to Jamie's apartment to do their own investigation. <laughs> Hi, that would be me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, you said uh, Samantha's missing. She's been missing for three hours. I'm, I'll, I'll be there in eight. <laughs> I'm going to do my own investigation. Don't even bother calling me. I'm still going. Yeah. Badasses. Mm-hmm. Jamie's mother stated that the apartment was locked, but Jamie's purse and house keys were still sitting inside. When they searched in Jamie's bedroom, and this is gross, so I'm just warning everybody. If you have a trigger to do with throw up, oh. be forewarned. Um, when they searched Jamie's bedroom, they discovered what I'm assuming is vomit. They didn't explicitly say it, but... Uh, and there was a lot of it. And from the way they described it, it was everywhere. Which, duh, worried them. So it's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. I don't know. When's the last time you threw up, Sam? Uh, outside of a toilet or a trash can? Uh, when I was eight. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this, you know, it worried them. Uh, so let's talk about something else weird that they found while they were searching her apartment. At the top of the stairs in Jamie's apartment were Jamie's tennis shoes. And according to her cousin, Jamie only wore those or her flip-flops. So that's not that weird that her tennis shoes would be, would be there, but would you like to guess what they found when they found the tennis shoes? Uh, no. Or what they didn't I find? No idea. Shoelaces. There were no shoelaces in her tennis shoes. Well, that I, makes them useless. Listen, I so often I forget to put my shoelaces in my tennis <laughs> shoes when I leave the house. Just, just right out my head. Forget to... Well, I mean, I take mine off every single time I take my shoes off. Exactly. That's... It's not that weird. No. Totally. Totally not that weird. So, after these ladies search the apartment and they find these weird things, which, by the way, I'm sorry, the cops went and did a welfare check. They checked the apartment. You're telling me they found a room full of vomit and they didn't go, uh... 
That's fine. This, this is odd. But you know what? It's fine. Nothing's amiss. This is okay. That's fine. Whatever. She's fine. She'll come back. Nothing to report. She's an adult. Um, so after... <laughs> and didn't even clean it up? Like, really? <laughs> they were just like, yeah, whatever. She's messy. Yeah. What a what a gross person Jeez. to leave Bob. What are you doing? What are you doing? Nothing. So, uh, nothing, obviously. <laughs> I, I can't rag on them too hard. I mean, I can rag on them as much as I want. That's whatever. I can rag on those police officers. So after the ladies search the house, they contact the police again. And so the police come back out and do another search. And can you... Guess what they tell the family? Everything seems fine. Again. Uh, they said that Jamie was an adult and she can go missing if she wanted to. Oh my gosh. And they she... always <laughs> say this. I know. I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Let's. Why is this always the answer? Like. Because I don't feel like doing a report. I don't feel like delving any deeper. Easy answer. Look at her background. She has some pretty severe medical issues. Severe enough to put her on some type of government assistance and things like that. Enough for her to have a, uh, a provider to drive her places. I mean, by definition, if she's got a conservatorship over all of her finances, that means that they're not deeming her fit enough to handle her own. Exactly. So... But no, she's an adult, and um, she can go missing if she wants to. And she'll probably return home when she gets good and ready. Listen, Sam, if I ever go missing, which it's probably going to be very hard for me to go missing because a million people have my location on my phone. I'm very paranoid. But I have a folder in my desk down here, and it's my if I go missing file. (laughs) Of all the people I need to look at. (laughs) The husband if, did it. <laughs> my husband probably did it. I drive him crazy. That's, <laughs> don't point the finger at my husband. He probably didn't do it. He's a big teddy bear. <laughs> it was probably <laughs> one of my dogs. <laughs> it's crazy. very possible. <laughs> so yeah, she she's an adult. She can go missing if she want to, wants to, even though she can't fucking drive. But how do you go anywhere if you can't drive? Also... The area that she lives in, in Gastonia, you can't really walk anywhere. I've been there. So. Not to mention in flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah, in flip-flops. Or she had her sneakers on. Somebody returned them. They had something on the laces and they took the laces out. Or they did something with the laces. I'm speculating. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Okay. Calm down, Montana. I haven't had a lot of people to speculate speculate about this with, and I'm, I'm so excited to like talk about. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! No freaking way! <laughs> I can't check with Samantha and see what she thinks. <laughs> I think I'm so excited to get her opinion on these things. <laughs> so during all of this, the family keeps trying Jamie's cell phone because their cell phone's missing. What's the first thing you're, you're, you're going to keep trying her cell phone? And finally, a man picks up. I'll give you a guess who that man is. I'm going to say senior. 
wrong. Junior? It, no, <laughs> Junior's in prison. Hey, maybe no. he got out. <laughs> I just wanted to lead you down a road that didn't go anywhere. I'm sorry about that. It was actually just a random stranger. Uh, it was literally a cable That's man. cheating. No, I can't help Rude. it. It was a cable man working on the This cable. is why I don't guess when yeah. you ask me to guess. <laughs> just like, I don't, I don't know. Tell me. No, I have some, I have some really good guesses coming up. So just, we'll just, we'll just keep going. We're, okay. we're checking along. Play, just play my game, Sam. Play my game. <laughs> saw if only one day i'm just kidding <laughs> am i um so probably <laughs> it was, not <laughs> it was a cable man working on the cable line and he heard a phone ringing so he picked it up according to the police it was found on the north south lane on south new hope road and it was found in the middle of the lane and it was scuffed up um I've driven down South New Hope Road. Uh, it's not like, so it's not like in a city. I mean, obviously it's in a city, but it's kind of like when you're going to my house and you get out on that main road, it's kind of like that road. Okay. So there's not like a sidewalk. There's not like, you know, there's not an area to really walk. It's just like road and it's a decently busy road. So not like she'd be walking down it and toss her phone. Exactly. You know. Which nowadays, I mean, even back then, who would toss their phone? But yeah. I mean, that's your only way of communicating. any Communicating with anybody, so. Yeah. So, and actually, in, in that um, disappeared episode, police speculated, like, they gave, like, three, like, scenarios where they speculated either she lost her phone, which, okay, in the well, middle that's, of the road. That's apparent that she lost her phone, but like what they were trying, I was just like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> or um, she either tossed her phone out of a moving vehicle or somebody else tossed her phone, which again, duh. Like, <laughs> what are you just. What, what great detective work? <laughs> Did wow. you guys go to school? <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> Now, three days after Jamie went missing, so this is, so Jamie goes missing, um, a day passes, or, you know, the whole family, people search her apartment, things like that, the day after. Three days after, the police do a search of the wooded area uh, where the phone was found, behind where the phone was found. So it was like a day after they got that call, um, and there was no trace of Jamie uh, and they did end up speaking with Jamie's neighbors. Um, and one neighbor told police they saw Jamie walking towards her apartment around midnight. And so that would, I think that would have been, and I couldn't, I couldn't get a hundred percent on this, but I'm pretty sure that's when she got back from the second um, hospital visit. But we're, You'll understand why I'm a little bit confused in a minute because uh, there's something else that comes up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still following, sort of. Still following. Um, so that's that was like estimated to be like the last person who um, saw her. Now Jamie ends up going inside after Rick drops her off 
she, you know, contacted her mom. She told her uh, the night that she went missing. She contacted her mom. She told her she didn't feel well. Her mom offered to come and pick her up, all that stuff. She said, no, I'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. Jamie ends up continuing to, like, text and call friends, just talking. And she ends up sending an email to um, to the son of the family friend, Linda Rooks. Uh, he was a friend stationed in Iraq. And she was basically just, like, checking in on him, seeing how he was doing. This was around, like, that midnight timeline. Um and this was the last email she sent. Nothing else from her after that. Um, so that's the last communication. Well. From her? We're not 100% sure because we don't have, at this point, we don't have the phone records back. Right? Oh, okay. So we'll get to it. Slow your roll. Yes, ma'am. We're getting to it. But good questions. Good questions. All questions I had when I, I was reading up on this, I was like, but what about the phone? But what about the phone? <laughs> What's taking you guys so long? Hurry up and get the record. I will say it actually doesn't take them that long to get the records of the phone. It doesn't. I'm just, I'm just waiting to give you that information. Oh, okay. So. Fun. Kind of throws a wrench doesn't it doesn't throw a major wrench into it it throws somewhat of a wrench into it and i just hit my mic so that'll be fun to listen to later <laughs> it really wasn't that loud <laughs> good okay i lost my place but i'm back and then no, you lost it again and then lost my place again <laughs> all right <laughs> chaos <laughs> um so rick senior who lived two doors down from jamie and was her soon to be father-in-law was really close with jamie he was also one of the people who last saw her. So police call him in for an interview. Like, that's smart. Let's do that. Uh, according to the interviewing officer, he found Rick Sr. to be very cold, manipulative, didn't give much information, but he was cooperative and talking to us. That was a quote. Uh, I don't. Okay. Those are contradictory <laughs> statements. Sir, <laughs> you can tell that he was manipulative, didn't give much information, but he was cooperative. Okay. Sure. Bit off, but uh, not super sketchy, right? I mean, well, I mean, it's as sketchy as having a room full of vomit. I mean, it's not sketch at all. That's not sketchy at all. No. I, no. I mean, I've been super drunk before, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really throw up in like a pot or something, but have somebody there to clean up after me looking at you sam <laughs> oh the joys oh the joys early Ugh. 20s were fun <laughs> <laughs> for everyone so it might come as a complete shock to you but rick senior has a pretty violent background you're about to get real mad <laughs> okay <laughs> Do I, do, I, do I need to make another drink? <laughs> uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So, he's got quite the rap sheet. He has petty crimes. He's got some drug charges, some larceny charges, some burglary, and, uh, you know, murder. <laughs> he's He's got... I'm sorry, what? 
<laughs> He's got murder charges. And this is fine. He was cooperative. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. No, seriously, like, the cop was like, yeah, he seemed, eh, whatever. I still felt sketchy, so I pulled his background, and I was like, oh, you know, convicted murder. This is not what's going to make this you mad. Is pre- I feel like this is pre-work, though. When you're going to be, especially somebody that's close by, sons the uh, the fiancé, quote-unquote, maybe just check before the interview. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They, and I quote, later on, they say, um, this is a loose quote because I can't remember the actual quote, but we'll get to it later. They said Ricky was a frequent visitor of the jail because of crap that he did. So they knew him. Uh, Yeah. There. (laughs) But you had to pull his background? Yeah. That's not what's going to make you mad, Sam. Okay, okay, okay. It's not what's going to make you mad. Would you like to guess how long he served for that conviction? That Not long enough since obviously he's out and has a girlfriend and all this other. Give me a number. I don't like guessing because you... I'm never right. Uh, a year and a half. You went really low. He did six years. Six years! He was released on good behavior. Yeah. <laughs> good be- Look... I don't give two toots if he found God, saved a school bus full of children, and married the Pope. He still some- killed somebody. Yeah. If someone killed someone else, murdered someone else, he strangled his ex-girlfriend. Strangled oh, her. Yeah, That's not an accident. Yeah. That's, that's not an accident. He was charged with manslaughter, which tells you why it was six years. I don't care. You... You don't get out for good behavior. You just, you just all don't. that. All that means is I learned to behave myself so I could get out earlier and tell them what they wanted to hear. Nay, nay. That means I learned to behave myself while people were looking. Kemper. Kemper. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Even after he gets out, though, he continues to be a regular presence at the police station. He has a long history of drug, drug use larceny and burglary that continues it's just this like cycle that just continues after six years i just i can't get over the six years i can't believe himself so well i don't give two fucks (laughs) i don't care you strangled your girlfriend sir and i don't know like i don't know how you get manslaughter from strangling somebody that's, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Takes I mean, that's while. what they always say, right? They're always surprised at how long it takes and how much force it takes. I digress. I That's just, it like, when I heard that, I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me right now. This is a joke. I'm, I'm honestly surprised he served any time, but. Now, a few months before Jamie went missing, Things started falling apart between Rick Sr. and Kim uh, Springer. According to reports, the split may have had a lot to do with Jamie herself. Kim would come home from work and Jamie would be in their apartment along with Rick Sr. In the um, Disappeared episode, they said Rick Sr. said and did things that made it clear he was interested in Jamie in a sexual nature. And I... 
yeah, gross. That's I. That's a, that's about to be your daughter-in-law. Like, but I mean, well, we've seen other cases where the father-in-law became obsessed. Gross. Yeah, super gross. Her cousin even said uh, she could tell Rick seemed obsessed with Jamie and was paying more attention to Jamie than he was his girlfriend, Kim. The police stated that Kim told them it was an issue in her relationship with Rick Sr. and that she confronted him directly with it. Um, Would you like to hear a cute meat story about Kim and Rick? I have the best meat cute. Probably not, but go for it. <laughs> well, Rick and Kim met when Kim's husband, a wealthy architect, hired Rick to do some maintenance work for their home design business. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave my wealthy husband that gives me a good life and, and go off with the maintenance worker. Two years after... Kim left her husband and her three kids, three kids, <laughs> to move in with Rick. Another little interesting bit of information about these two. They were both addicts. Yeah, I kind of kind of figured that was going to play a play a role. In the documentary, it the documentary is wild. <laughs> it made it look like they were smoking crack, honestly. But I don't know exactly what they were addicted to. I couldn't find what it was that they were on. But it straight up like showed like a grain, like a like a silhouette, like lighting up a tenfold like thing to smoke. I was like, that's crack. <laughs> it seems okay that but I I can't say <laughs> they were on crack or not. That was just where that documentary went to. Yeah. They're on drugs, so it must be this. I was like, this documentary is wild. And <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But I did try to find what it was. I couldn't find what exactly they were on. <laughs> um, Guess it doesn't matter. But, I mean, did they do this with Jamie there? So was Jamie aware? Well, it's funny you ask, because Jamie was aware Jamie was aware of Rick's past. According to her cousin, Jamie was aware of Rick's past. Um, and she was aware that they were addicts. She was actually actively trying to get um, to like counsel Rick and Kim. Oh, uh, that's right. Because she wanted, she wanted to do that. Right. Because right. that's what she wanted to do with her life. And they would just like ignore her and continue to do what they were doing. But she didn't give up. And that might actually be the reason why um, Jamie spent so much time over there was because she was trying to help them overcome their addictions. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Which, yeah, that made a lot more sense to me. I was, they were like saying that stuff and I was like, well, maybe she was over there because she was like trying to get them to kick the bucket because that's like her passion or whatever. But And she's obviously like, she feels very strongly about it. So, and this is going to be her father-in-law exactly and maybe he acted interested so the police is there a ghost 
Do you see this light? I don't know what's happening. I think you have a ghost in your house. I think we need to stop this podcast right now. This is freaking me out. It did not start doing that until you started talking again. Well, that's, you know what? That's Bigfoot power for you. (laughs) Hey, Bigfoot, I'm here. Missing link. If you're listening. Uh, so the police weren't able to pull fingerprints from the cell phone because I mean, hi, everybody under the sun, including a guy working on a (laughs) cable line, (laughs) picked it up, but they do find what her last call was. And it was at midnight on April 8th, which is the day she goes missing. So just to recap, she wakes up, she gets sick. Uh, She has her provider take her to the the hospital. They say she has the flu. She goes back home. Kim comes, gets her settled, drops her prescription off. Ricky Sr. picks her up, takes her back to the hospital. Then she has another friend pick her up from the hospital because she doesn't want to wait the three hours. So at midnight, she has another call that she makes to a friend in Albemarle. Albemarle. I know this place. It's near me, (laughs) but I can't pronounce it. And I looked at it multiple. I listened to it like multiple times. I was like, all right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And now that I'm here to say it, I can't say Albemarle. Whatever. It's a place in North Carolina. It starts with an A. (laughs) It starts with an A. Doesn't matter. The friend said that Jamie was being picked up by someone in a truck. But Jamie declined to tell the friend who was picking her up. I was a little confused on this point because in the Wikipedia page on the case, it states that she declined to tell her friend who was picking her up. But in the disappeared episode, it just says she told her friend someone was picking her up in a truck. So I don't know if I'm like twisting hairs here, if it even matters, but they seem like two very different things to me. Like Mm -hmm. if she refused to tell a friend who's picking her up, then she's like, she's hiding something. But if she just says a friend's picking me up in their truck, then that's just like a statement and it doesn't mean anything. But I was really, the friend didn't ask any more information. Maybe not. But it, it did say on the Wikipedia page that, you know, she declined to say who was picking her up. And to me, that's like a definite statement of like, or maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just like being very suspicious. Am I being suspicious? Yes. Okay. But wow. sometimes it's warranted. So, I mean, in this case, it's very warranted because this is the last phone call she makes. True. So I'm sure you're wondering. If Rick Sr. drives a truck, right? hmm Well, he drives a white van. But according to the police in the Disappeared episode, uh, it can be referred to as a truck, I guess. Sure. A van's not a truck. It's not a truck. But... Not, okay. even, not even a little bit. Sure. Okay. I I frequently (laughs) mistake vans for trucks. You know what? Me too. (laughs) It's it's an honest mistake. I get it. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> when they said that, I was just like, I've never seen a van and been like, look at that truck. I mean, it'd be one thing if we were saying, like, she said a make and model and the friend assumed it was a truck. Okay, I can get behind that. Because a lot of people don't know the difference. But friends picked me up in a truck. Oh, obviously, I mean a yeah. van. Sorry, I'm in a van. It, the two interchangeable, right? Obviously. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, okay. But there's another thing that sort of points to Ricky, or might just be a coincidence. There's a bag of trash found near the apartment complex a few days after Jamie went missing. The trash was found to be Ricky's, and Ricky told police. He had had a flat, and he removed the trash from the trunk to get to the spare tire. They did say in the Disappeared episode that between the trash, the cell phone, and the apartment, it made, like, a perfect triangle. Hmm. So they they were, like, kind of, like, comparing, like, a, a map, saying, like, oh, he, like, got her... You know, he dumped the cell phone, he dumped this trash, and then he went back to his apartment. It's just like, okay, like, but what happened to her in between? Like, what? <laughs> Maybe just, it was a polygon, and, uh, and he went another direction and then came ooh, back. Gastonia Triangle. Bermuda Triangle? Gastonia Triangle. There you go. Ah, uh, it all comes together. That's where I'm going to find Bigfoot. That's right. You need to look at that triangle a little bit more. I guess I do. <laughs> so at this point, police are saying Ricky Sr. is their main person of interest. I mean, that's, you know, not shocking. We all saw I it. I mean, they, do they really even have anything else? Not really. Don't think so. Not, not, nothing I read, saw, or researched indicated that they saw or looked at anybody else other than Ricky Sr. And are there, there's, so there's no kind of security cameras whatsoever anywhere around any of these areas so that they could tell? No. Okay. It's, it's not, uh, what's a good, it would be like having an apartment complex off the road, literally off the road I live in. It's not like a major apartment complex. It's like one of those, uh, older apartment complexes from the looks of it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, no, they don't. And it's not a major highway, so they're not going to have, like, uh, traffic cameras and things like that. Okay. Uh, three weeks after Jamie goes missing, Rick Sr. is, or, sorry, I'm very confused because there's two Ricks in this. And we haven't talked much about Rick Jr. Well, he's but, been in jail, so. Yeah. Rick Jr. is released from prison. So three weeks after she goes missing, Rick Jr. is finally released from prison. And he was devastated by Jamie dis disappearing. And in fact, Jamie's family is the, Jamie's mother, her aunt, and all of them are the ones who actually picked him up from um, prison. And he ended up staying with them. Oh. Instead of like his father. So I, his father, him and his father didn't have a good relationship. But that, that, that. <laughs> a good relationship uh, <laughs> you never know how hard it's it, it is to talk until you have to record yourself talking 
so everyone can just shut up. <laughs> All two of you. <laughs> All two of you, except for you, Big Bud. You know me. Um, <laughs> so the more he, charming you are, the more likely you are to find him. Exactly. <laughs> He's probably like this chick. <laughs> No one's going to believe her anyway. That's right. <laughs> uh, so weird, but okay. He he goes to live with Jamie's family. And he actually ends up going out like daily to look for Jamie. Um, and when he finds out that his dad is the main person of interest, he's furious. He like loses it. Him and his father have multiple fights about this. It's he won't have anything to do with his father. He like cooperates with the police. He's given the police like everything on his dad, like anything they ask he's 100% cooperating with him. Okay. I have two questions. Okay. One question is she was writing him every single day. So he knew before he was released that something was going on, right? Because he wasn't receiving anything or she was keeping those letters to give to him later. Like he knew that she was missing. While he was okay. in prison. Okay, so second question. If he and his dad didn't have a good relationship, why was she spending so much time with his dad? That's a good question. And it's not something I could find. Uh, the only thing I I could figure out is that he lived two doors down. And that was going to be her father-in-law. And she had, like, this um, need to, like, try and get him off drugs and things like that. You know, okay. I, I, I couldn't... It didn't so much have to do with him, really. Yeah. And it all boils down to it. Okay. Yeah. I think it was just convenient. He was some. It's like. It's like if you move in with a spouse and they go overseas or something like that and their family's close by. It's just convenient. Even if that person's not close with their family. Okay. You're not close to your family anymore. Like, like distance wise. Mm hmm. Yeah, whatever. But that's speculation. I don't know. Okay. It's not something I could find. But it's a good question. Um, and from what I learned, like, him and his father never really had a close relationship. So, it is a bit odd. And it's actually, I didn't think a lot about it. So, you bringing it up, I'm like, hmm. It's pretty interesting. I mean, why was he so interested in her? Except for the fact that gross, he was interested, interested in her. Ugh. Yeah. And I think, I think Bang up dad. <laughs> that was you. Uh, Sperm donor. Yeah. Uh, so after, you know, Rick Jr. is released, all of this goes on. He's like cooperating with police and all that stuff. The police call Rick Sr. in for a formal interview. So I don't, I don't know if like listeners know the difference between coming in for like an informal interview and a formal interview. Once you come in for a formal interview, it's typically <clears throat> they will either read you Miranda rights at the beginning because you're a suspect or they typically let you know that it's a formal interview and not like an informal interview. And there's kind of a distinction because letting you know that also lets you know that, Hey, this is probably a good time to get a lawyer. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're ever called in <laughs> to the police. It doesn't matter, informal or formal lawyer. 
get a lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. Always get a lawyer. Guilty, innocent, does not matter. Doesn't matter. Get a lawyer. lawyer. Um, so, but they don't feel like, while he's, like, cooperative in this interview, uh, they don't feel like he's giving them the full truth. Which, again, contradictory statement. Super cooperative. We feel like he's lying. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? He's he is talking. He's saying a lot of stuff. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. <laughs> he didn't ask for a lawyer immediately. <laughs> Thus, he's cooperative. What? What does that mean? So they get a search warrant issued to track Ricky Senior's vehicle for Surprise. a month. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Super cooperative, super nice guy, a little bit manipulative. Um, we think he's lying through his teeth, but it just like super cooperative. We're getting a search warrant to follow him for a month. What are you doing? <laughs> Bang up police work. What? Uh, he's dumb. This yeah <laughs> what i what you're saying i just i just feel like i don't know i feel like they were given things to say <laughs> but they didn't have like a pr person like look over it they were like yeah yeah yeah. no 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 he's super is innocent but he's our top we don't, yeah we, we don't want to say he's guilty <laughs> Yeah. He is the only suspect, but he's not guilty. And we don't think he's guilty, but we're going to we're gonna go we're, ahead and get a search warrant. But we're just eliminating him as a suspect. Yeah, totally just going to follow him for a month. Super cash. <laughs> just want to make sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just why. So they, I, they're, they're, they're trying so hard. <laughs> I will, there are two, and I will give it to them. They're bank, they're, they're trying their hardest. I'll give that to them. And we'll talk about them at the end. But so the police follow him for a month and they go back to every place he goes to and they search those areas. They're like, where he's going to, it's going to lead us to Jamie. We're going to find out wherever she's at. Um, what? <laughs> I just can't. This is so much. They don't find Jamie. But what they do find is that he is stalking his ex-girlfriend, Kim. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> So okay. this pol- guy's all over the place. I just, I, like I can't make this. It's it's about to get super weird. Dude. <laughs> I can't. Well, he is on drugs, so he is on drugs. Yeah. So the police contact Kim, and they're like, "Yo, bro, Yag's boyfriend. He's he's stalking you. Um, you should probably get like a restraining order." And she's like, "The fuck." And so she files for a restraining order like the next day or a couple of days later. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she. What files- kind of drugs is he on? I, I kind of want to know. I, I don't know. So 
the restraining order <clears throat> ends up running out and um, that's kind of where we're at. Jamie's still missing and the police are still actively looking for her. Okay. But wait, there's more. No, wait, there's more. <laughs> You're giving me a look and I'm like, you're waiting for me to say, okay, that wraps, that, that's the wrap. Well. <laughs> story. So funny thing. On June 8th, 2008, this is a month after Jamie goes missing. Kim. And this, and this is a little less than a month after Kim files the restraining order against Ricky Sr. She's running errands and she smells something odd in her car. And so when she gets home from running these errands, she's like searching all over her car. And I, I guess this was like on a Friday or a Saturday. And she's looking all over the car. She can't find anything. And she looks all over, all over it during the weekend. Um... And finally, on Sunday, she decides to look in the trunk because just, I guess, we forget about our trunk. I don't know. Okay. And when she opens her trunk, she finds the decomposing body of Rick Sr. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to say the restraining order runs out? And she's still missing. Oh, wait. Also, he died. <laughs> the, rest- the restraining <laughs> order doesn't run out. The- I said, I said the- I, sorry, if I said the restraining order, what I meant to say was the search warrant ran out. Yeah, you said the restraining order. I'm like, I don't think it works after you're dead. <laughs> I apologize. It was the search warrant. <laughs> she had filed the restraining order, got the restraining order, about a month earlier, and then she's running errands. She smells a weird smell. <clears throat> and, whoops. and oops, she finds <laughs> the decomposing body of Rick <laughs> Maybe he just took a lot of drugs and climbed into her trunk as a final F you. Fucking wild. <laughs> How does this happen? I was okay. I'm assuming they did an autopsy of some kind to find out cause of death, right? Yes. Police speculate. I just I love these speculations because <laughs> it's just you can't say you know what motherfucker did this. They're just <laughs> entirely speculating. Police speculate that Rick had been dead in Kim's trunk for nearly two days before he was found. It was determined he died by hypothermia slash heat exhaustion. It was found that he was intoxicated and had drugs in his system. And when police remove his body, they find under his body several items, personal items of Kim's that were removed from her house, along with a knife. So police speculated that... He was so intoxicated and disoriented that he broke into Kim's trunk with a knife. He was going to surprise her and attack her, but he just died instead. That's basically what I said. (laughs) Yeah, basically what you said. 
Uh, okay. Well, he definitely surprised her. That's for, that's for sure. That is for damn. That's that's for damn sure. She was surprised. Uh, what? <laughs> it's just like when I was when I was looking into this, I was like, this took a turn. Um, I don't know what kind of turn. <laughs> Whatever drug he's on is a hell of a drug. I mean, I you know what? The crack. <laughs> they were doing it like they were doing it in that documentary all i gotta say is yeah i mean does it not list what kind of drugs were in his system no it just says that he was intoxicated and he was found to be on drugs he also had said days before he was found dead he had told friends he had let's see the dude apparently. This is my notes. I'm <laughs> the dude. I'm so eloquent. <laughs> this is me quoting myself right now. The dude apparently made comments to his friends that he was going to give Kim Springer the surprise of her life. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. <laughs> mission. Mission. mission <laughs> What? <laughs> that's oh, a way to get back God. at your ex right there. Dying or Trump. I don't know that that's what I do. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. So that's that's where we're at, people. Um, police and her family continue to search for Jamie. Uh, Captain Joseph Ramey of the Gaston County Police Department says... An active case file for Jamie's case resides on his desk and will continue until they find her. He wants a reminder there in plain sight so he never forgets. Jamie was 22 when she went missing. And what would she be today? 1986? She'd be 35. 35. She would be 35 today. You're younger than me. Yeah, she is 35 today. We don't know what happened to her. Um, if you have any information on Jamie's case, please contact the Gaston County Police Department at 704-866-3320. You've got any wow. uh, opinions on this, Samantha? Um, that was a ride. Quite I don't a know ride. what kind. I don't know what kind, but it was a ride. It's not one I do do two times, I can tell you. Yeah. Well, it's one that he didn't do two times. No. <laughs> he only he only got the one. <laughs> he only got the one. <laughs> That's I I mean, like, it's just wild that she could, you know, just vanish. I could see like maybe he did it when he was on drugs and maybe he even didn't remember what he did. But typically, you're not super thorough in disposing of a body if you killed somebody when you're in that state. So, also, you know, why did he make a pass at her and she was just finally like, no, dude. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, how did that escalate to that? Or did something happen in the apartment and she was already so sick that and she already had all these other medical issues that maybe she just died and he panicked? I mean, but then at the other the other side of that is like okay so where's the body like he obviously was not the smartest person so i don't feel like he would be good at disposing a body well i mean considering he died in a truck 
So, I mean, I feel like, I, I feel like I wonder if this was like just a, a, a fluke accident. Like she really did. I mean, it, it could be one of those things where it's just this random person that nobody knows about that drove off with her and did something else. And it's completely not connected to her. Nobody knew about maybe she was cheating on Rick Jr. I don't see that. I don't see her cheating on him. She seems super in love. The whole thing is just bizarre. It's very bizarre. And what's the deal with the the missing shoelaces? That's just weird. Yeah. Like, they brought that up, and then it was just never brought up again. I was just like, um, hi. Uh, I I have a lot of shoes. Um, I have an obsession with Vans. I have some. Just slightly. I only have, like, two dozen pairs of Vans. All of them have shoelaces. Uh, I don't. Any shoes that I currently own that require laces have them. And since the only other thing I could think of that would even be a possible reason why that would happen is if she had another pair and she took the laces off of the old pair and put it on the new. But still. She only had the one pair. She only had the one pair. It doesn't make sense. That kind of ties to like somebody tied her up or something. But then again, why would you use shoelaces? Well, that's a weird thing to use. Well, if if we're really going to think about it, and this literally just like popped into my brain. I'm like, okay, her shoelaces are gone. Maybe not tying her up, but maybe strangling her. Yeah. Like he was convicted of doing to his ex-girlfriend. Oh, well, that's true, yeah. But then, you know, what happened after that? He just doesn't strike me as a smart person. Well, I mean, no. Any well, no. but then again, you know, he did. He was guilty of the last one. Obviously, they must have found a body. Maybe he's like, I'm not going to get caught again. But I just don't know how how he would have gotten away with with hiding. Well, but she was tiny. That's true. And I mean, she was tiny. And they but- didn't have any kind of cameras. They didn't have anything to really track his movements that night. Mm-mm. and morning so they they did take dogs out um they said uh they took they continued to search and they took dogs out and they searched a like 15 16 radius 16 mile radius area and didn't pick anything up and so that leads me to believe and this is wild speculation on my part don't see me that he must have done something in the apartment. Yeah, I know. So, uh, whatever. He must have done something in the apartment, put her in his van or something like that, and driven pretty far. Yeah. I mean, it, at least, well, I say pretty far. The 15, 16 mile radius is not that big, but it would it would have to be at least 10 miles away. But they they searched waterways. They searched woods. Her family continues to go out and like search the woods around there. Nothing. Just crazy. It is. So yeah, that's uh that's Jamie Fraley. She's still missing, and hopefully one day we can get answers. Hopefully. You know I don't like unsolved cases, so thank you for this. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyways, this is Reaper Tales. And until next time. The Reaper will come for us all.